It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 221 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the state of the art now community wellness center with pool workout equipment, track, and a whole bunch more. We have some fun stuff to catch up on, including maybe some of Jared's dancing moves. We'll talk <laughs> some sports and have another edition of Entertainment tonight, including. Top Gun Review just got back from it today. So looking forward to talking about that. You know, we talked about Memorial Healthcare being our corporate sponsor. Got to pass on a little message from them. Join them for a career showcase. Memorial Healthcare is holding a career showcase on Wednesday, June 22nd at the now building educational theater from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a great spot for a career, you got two opportunities there to go see what it's all about. Interested individuals are asked to bring a resume to speak with one of their hiring managers about clinical and non-clinical careers at Memorial Healthcare. As they're a medical facility, remember, take your mask. They are required. Um, Memorial Healthcare is an independent community nonprofit hospital with 161 beds and medical staff of more than 200 physicians and advanced practice providers. Nearly 100 positions are available including but not limited to registered nurses, housekeeping aides, dietary aides, medical receptionists, patient care techs, medical assistants, and a whole lot more. You know, guys, what a, you know, they're the top uh, employer in our area. And, you know, there's no excuse to be out there looking for a job when you got a great opportunity here to join the team at Memorial. Yeah, it's always crazy. You hear about the unemployment numbers and how employers are still struggling to find people to work. You see the now hiring signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes when you drive by all the fast food restaurants and you see those now hiring signs, it's like, man, come on, people get just, you know, get to work. Going to work at like a McDonald's or something, maybe, you know, that turns people off. Go make a legitimate career, you know, at Memorial Healthcare. And, you know, there, there's nothing, nothing to, to say no to to that, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I took my wife in there today. She had to get a little medical thing looked at and, 
just looking around the place, the helpful people that work there. There's always somebody there to greet you when you walk in the front door. It's just a just a great, great organization. So to view a complete listing of available positions, visit the career page at memorialhealthcare.org. And for more information, email Michaela Cherzan at M-C-H-R-Z-A-N at memorialhealthcare.org or give them a call 989-729-4327. All right, I know I've been uh, kind of dragging it out. I know Jared wants to jump in here right out of the get-go. Yeah, I got a couple different catch-up segments, man. I mean, I'll start with this. If you can't tell from my voice, allergies. Mm. First year, I've had allergies. It's and it's and it's and how I know it is because I'll take an allergy pill, everything goes away. Never have had to do that in my life. Never have had uh, have had these issues. I'm trying to enjoy the summer, you know, 100 degree day outside. I'm at the Tigers game. I'm sunburnt. Uh, the the soul has been sucked out of me uh, sitting on that third base line for three mm. hours and running around the entire park, literally running around the entire park uh, in 100 degree heat. It, it doesn't it doesn't help when the Tigers are playing the way that they are also. 13 squat, man. But <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. I, I was working. So it's like I didn't even and I, it was it was doing, you know, social media type stuff around the park. So it was like. I looked up, it was 7-0. Like, what, what the hell happened? Because when the away team, you know, no one really cheers. You don't really notice when they're scoring. You only notice when the Tigers do something good. Look, look up, also it's seven squat. Holy smokes. But that's a long way of me saying, basically, I'm battling to do this pod. I'm at about 50% right now. I've had the energy sucked out of my life force. Uh, but here I am, you know, showing up yet again to do I this show. A gamer. I think this is a subtle shot at you, Ted, for it the is. one for the one that you've missed. <laughs> I think is Jared, that where Jared coming from? I mean, I mean, if you want to take it that way, I'm not going <laughs> to argue it. That's not how it was intended. But hey, I'm not going to argue that because that was re- ludicrous. It's it's like it's like your Cal Ripken, but didn't couldn't quite get there in the early stages. You had to miss one. So yeah, no. Uh, but anyway, one thing I've I've been lucky enough, at least so far. Um, I, I, I've never had to deal with allergies and luckily because I know they get bad in Michigan too, but North Carolina is one of the worst States in the country for allergies and pollen and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of like, if we end up staying here, you know, forever or whatever, I'm almost like just waiting for that one spring to all of a sudden be like, ah, what the hell's going on? So it's, it's getting old. God, it sucks. Yeah. They should tell you that, man. <laughs> they really <laughs> never tell you that when you're growing up. So you think it's all awesome. You know, you just want to grow up as quick as you can. Get to your 16th birthday, drive a car. Get to your 18th birthday. Uh, be able to do whatever the hell you want to do now that you're a legal adult. Get to your 21st uh, for alcohol. But they don't tell you about the ailments that start coming. Basically, as soon as you step out of high school, it's like every all your athleticism, all your metabolism, all your... Everything just goes right out the window and you're immediately got a dad bod and you have allergies all of a sudden and you're sick all the time and you're tired all the time and you take naps all the time. It's just, it hasn't been good, but I did have a good time this week. Ted, this, this, this guy's only a couple of years into his like professional career. I know. I know. No, no kids, you know, not married yet and all that kind of stuff. And it's already adding up for him. Well, you know, I, I little I sort of can relate a little bit because I remember when <laughs> when I was his age and you do, too. I'm sure you didn't really have a whole lot of cares in the world. But now when you started your working career, that's when it all the reality does set it in. Does, I get man. it. But you don't have a right to complain. Wait till you get to be my age. Like, 
and that's point now. I mean, yeah. you know, I held in there pretty good physically. You know, I played a lot of competitive sports after high school, and it, it's starting to catch up with me now, guys. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and whine. I'm just going to tell you, the arthritis, ever since I turned 65, it seems like the arthritis has just uh, reared its ugly head. I, you know, I, I, I operate great during the day, but when I want to sleep at night, I'm in nothing but pain and can't sleep. So I have to pop a couple nighttime <laughs> eye boos, and that's the only way I can sleep nowadays. So that's, it, you think it sucks at your age. Wait till you get up there. Yeah, that's that. terrifying right there. That's <laughs> that's enough to keep me up at night. So is uh, this like a like we're, we're about seven minutes in? Is this like a seven minute? Memorial Healthcare extended ad. Maybe it is. I need to get there and I'm 23. Ted definitely sounds like he needs to be sleeping in a hotel bed tonight or not a hospital bed tonight. Excuse me. A water bed. Yeah, water bed. But uh, uh, the, the elephant in the room, let's talk about it. The yeah. Tigers game first. Um, yeah. A lot of lot of good times uh, down there at the park. Uh, there was no other way for this damn game to happen other than four to one have a big old hour-long rain delay midway through. Yeah. And the funny thing about when that rain delay happened, it was right after uh, the Blue or the, the Blue Jays went on like a 6-0 two, first two innings. So they're up 6-0 after two innings, rain delay for an hour, suck all the energy out of the building. Just to clarify, uh, you're you're talking about the Tigers game that you guys went to Friday night, not, yeah. not like the Tigers game today. Or so think of what we passed up, basically. So according to this deal we signed, this promo from 2019. By the way, yeah. we were supposed to attend this year's opening day game uh, and have great seats, play, pay basically the same seats, pay same price, you know, drink and a beer as, as well. Instead, what we got was a eight to one drubbing uh, with a weather delay with about 10,000 people in the stands. Uh, but the beer was good. I mean, I haven't been that drunk in a, in a long time. Uh, <laughs> the The beers were flowing. There was good camaraderie amongst the group. We met a lot of Detroit locals. That's yep. the funniest thing about that's the favorite part about going to these games, man. When I'm at work, I see it every day, you know, and you just kind of get used to it. But when you kind of just really have to sit there and, you know, you got the panhandlers, you got uh, just the people that love Detroit sports that are going to every game. You got the weirdos, the crazy people. It's just like it's the best spot to people watch. And people, when they see you sitting around, you know, a cooler with some beers, having some laughs, man, it's like a magnet of weirdness that gets drawn to you. So we had a few characters come by. Uh, Harold, who basically was a nonstop talker for about 45 minutes, couldn't quite get the hint that we didn't want to keep talking to him. Uh, but like I said at the time when this guy was in the middle of his babbling, um, just to my cousin, I said this actually, like, just get your popcorn out, you know, <laughs> poke and prod him, and just appreciate the, the complete dumb things he's saying for what they are, which is complete comedy. So that is it was one a great thing time. that's cool. I, I assume you're talking, you guys did some tailgating. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that's cool about whether it's Tigers, Michigan, Lions, NASCAR races, you know, whatever. You always see the videos of stupid fights and stuff like that. So that does happen. But for the most part, everyone's there for the same reason, because you're a Lions fan, because you're a Tigers fan. So, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're complete strangers. You see a group of dudes with a cooler beer grilling a bunch of hot dogs and brats or something. You roll up and you say, hey, go Tigers. You know, what do you think about this year's team? Next thing you know, it's a half hour later and you just made some new friends. So yeah. especially when you got a group of people who are as, you know, um, outgoing and all that as, as you guys are. So, you know, it's a fun time. Well, you know, Jared got the firsthand treatment, really. It was it, it was fun. You know, we, we did this a few years ago and just had a ball. And this was like 
part two. You know, we don't mess around. I hate paying for parking. Number one, it's one of my all time pet peeves in my life, you know, paying outrageous prices for parking. But when I get down to the Tigers games or even a Lions game, I don't mind paying it, you know, to be because, Matt, we, we sat our tailgate was right in front of the stadium the stadium parking lot right in front out in the open like right in front jared, of box theater yeah nice like jared said we just we had the uh cooler out our chick we all had chairs uh, you know people were coming by it was a great great uh great way to start the day we brought our own brewskis there we left there went to the tin roof had some lunch went back did some more tailgating we're entertained by harold for sure and <laughs> and uh jared uh jared said it uh the game itself I, we barely watched any of it. We we sat and we had good seats. We watched uh, them go up six nothing in the rest of the game. We just kind of partied and socialized and had a great old time at the ballpark. You know, I've said it before. You cannot go to a Tiger game and be in a bad mood. You know, it's right. just it's just awesome the feeling you get. Yeah, no, it, it's a good time. Even if it's a butt kicking like that game yeah. was, and you have a rain delay. You know, yeah, you still make friends. You go out in the concourse and you start talking to people or whatever, as long as people aren't being idiots, of course, and stuff. But no, it's still a good time. I was just going to point out, you tweeted out a couple pictures, Ted, of you you guys' group and stuff. It was pretty cool. But I did notice you tweeted it out, and it was only like the seventh inning of the game. (laughs) I was like, did they leave already? (laughs) I I know there was a rain delay, and, you know, it was 8-1 to or whatever. But I was like, no way they left the game early. This is like a big two year in the making trip. Yeah, did not guys. leave early. No, no we, we didn't. It he just was I get you know, we always joke about how, you know, my generation's always on their phone. You got Mr. Twitter over there, uh <laughs> Super 70s sports uh on speed dial on that old damn thing. Uh, <laughs> one thing can I just say my pet peeve about damn Tigers games? Let me yeah. know if you've noticed this. So there's ten thousand people in this damn place uh at a forty thousand seat uh stadium. Mm-hmm. Why is that the case? And you look up at the stands, very top row, there are people sitting there. And there's 50 rows of nothing below them. They just love the very top row. Like I hate the people that, like, they think it's like, and I'll give Comerica credit for this. We were moving all around. They didn't give a shit. Finally, a stadium understood. Dude, we paid our ticket, man. At this point, you might as well just let us sit wherever we want. Like everybody's paid. We're not sitting in somebody else's seat. Just let us sit there. And they did. Yeah. They let us sit in a nice little lounge area looking over uh third baseline. With that being said, what is people's deal with like staying glued to their chairs in the way upper deck in the worst seats in the house? There's 50 seats below you. Why do you not move down? I don't understand. It's just, it's like a, that's a little game I'm playing in my head. Like, you know, third inning, I'm gonna check and see if they're still up there. Oh, yep. They're still, they're still up there. Fifth inning. Yep. Oh, still up there. Haven't quite moved yet. I just, I don't, I just, I want to do a documentary on these people, man. What is going through their head to make this decision to sit in the worst possible seat in a stadium when there's 30,000 other seats available? My guess would be what one part is for that reason. There's only 10,000 people there. Let's go to the top row. It might be fun. Let's sit at the top, you know, row. We might make it on TV. I think also there's people, those might be some of the people that go to literally every game. You know, they've got season tickets. So they're like, you know, why why do I have to sit down first baseline right behind the dugout? I've done that 20 times. I'm going to go up to the top. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to look at the skyline. You know, I'm going to watch this game, you know, watch all the other people run around and just, you know, like enjoy my night. 
I don't think they're the season ticket holders way up there. That's what you know. I mean, I, like you know, they might be the ones bouncing around. Could like, be. They, that might not be their ticket. You know, I don't. Yeah. Know. I, I do remember when I was a little kid going to the Breslin Center, and that is something I did do. I do remember watching like the high school state final. Imagine that the high school state finals where there's literally maybe five thousand people in the stands. Mm-hmm. I was sitting up at the top row for an entire game. Couldn't see a lick of the game, but <laughs> there's something about being up there that's pretty awesome. But yeah. I, I just don't understand. Yeah. You're not a little kid. A lot of right. people just don't even don't want to break the rules. You know, it's that, that's yeah. their seat and that's where they're sitting. You it's know, the ticket I paid for. So this is where I'm sitting. Right. You know, who You're not cares? Me but out of here. No, even all, all that story, you know, that makes me like, man, that's that's a good time. Some, so it's something about kind of what you said, Ted. It's something about going to a game. Even if you guys are all fans, obviously, but right. even if you're not a fan, don't care about baseball. A night like that with your uncles, brothers, cousins, you know, whatever. Even if you get a rain delay. Yep. It's just, it's a good time, man. That's it's, it's really cool. A couple quick tidbits before we move on away from it. Uh, we did have really good seats. We ended up with good seats along the first baseline. And right out of the get-go, we're sitting in our seats. And my brother, George, sat his beer down next to his seat. And we had a couple of gentlemen from Japan come by. And one of them kicked over his beer. Com- a full beer, completely kicked over. So uh, George and I had moved back behind the guys so we could chit-chat. And it was about a, an inning later. And the guys came back down, handed George a full beer. So that was very polite, good thing to do. And the other thing that I wanted to point out, uh, Jared, you talked about getting a little lit at the game, right? Uh, Let's just say at the end of the game, one of the riders in my car did not want the night to end at all. He was saying, oh, this was a great night. And he goes, we're not ending the night like this. He gets on his phone, calls rivals and says, Hey, I need a reservation. It was, you know, we can get there by quarter to midnight. Oh, well, listen, it gets better. He goes, yeah, he's talking to him. And, and I'm saying, we're not going to rivals. We're going home. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Listen, F-A-T-T-A-L. You got it? Get us a reservation. <laughs> oh, my it wasn't even his God. Last name. <laughs> name dropping. Name dropping. Not good, man. That's, that's the type of stuff that people act like that's how i walk around or we all have you've all we've all gotten comments like that before oh you're the golden family or whatever the whatever it's comments like that that spread around town and make it sound true i can't that is wow i apologize rivals we should give them a freaking month three of ads for that phone call well Well, you're you're saying you don't roll up to coney island in owasso newport coney island and drop (laughs) a hey i'm I'm jared fatel nobody knows get me in there Nobody knows who you are, and if they do, they don't give a shit. Oh, you uh, played high school football five years ago. No one gives a shit, other than yeah. Ted and his buddies. Yeah. So you, did you guys go to Rivals? No, no, no. no. That that is definitely that that out about five minutes later, sleeping yeah. the rest uh, of the way home. That's also one thing that's nice about being the driver. You can be like, go ahead and make that reservation. I'm not driving there. I'm, right. I'm driving home, so you can figure um, out what you want to do. As for uh, the other big elephant in the room, the wedding this past weekend, I got to admit, I had a great time. Good. Five songs I danced to throughout the night. Wow. And, you know, I realized this is kind of the first wedding I actually went to that I had some friends there. Everyone, you know, I love my family, man, but it's not like I'm not getting, if I'm at a Tigers game, yeah, we'll get plastered. But if I, I got a wedding, it's just not this. It's like, what am I going to like? What am I getting super drunk for? I, I just don't really see the whole the the entire thing. But now that I went there with friends and stuff, man, I had a good time. 
once, the, once your friends start all getting married and stuff, that's really where weddings change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can see, yeah, it definitely, you know, totally different experience, different vibe. You know, went with a girlfriend, very a lot of good, a good time. Um, one drink I did try for the very first time because there was only two that you were allowed to have vodka cranberry. I hate cranberry juice, so I didn't drink that. And Seagram seven and seven. Ooh, seven and seven. That Damn good first, drink. That was my first drink ever. That is the classic first. I tell you what damn good drink man i there's something it's not like super good but it's not too sugary not too alcoholy it's the perfect blend man i never would have thought to combine what even has all in it seagram's uh seven up and and okay simple enough it's very 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 very, it's it's good good. it's it's very versatile if you if you want to slam it you can it's a great sipping drink if you just you know want to sip on it yeah um Uh, get you drunk too so that's always good you gotta be a little careful yeah, yeah, it, drunk. It's a nasty let's just say the uh the uh the party spilled over to corner pub afterwards. So uh-huh. that's when you know when you that's when you know you it doesn't matter where in the world you are, you're gonna have a good time when the party rolls up to KP, man. Just keep it rolling. <laughs> After uh, parties, that is one thing that's cool about if you because I, I went to a couple uh weddings um who they got married around Owasso, um receptions at like GG's or uh what's the other zcbj yeah one of those other ones but yeah when you roll the after party back then it was jumbos or uh ristos <laughs> and you ever everyone love that place man everyone's rolling up with uh you know you're you're all dressed up and mm-hmm. your, your shirt's already unbuttoned yep, and you're, yep. you're not even wearing your tie anymore and you you roll in and all the all the other locals are like oh Whoa. boy <laughs> It's a good time. Yeah, you're the king of that place. Yeah. Walk in. You, you go. That's why I love, you know, if you're part of a wedding party, you, when you're with like the bride and groom, all of a sudden the whole restaurant, the whole bar is kind of circles around you. There's yep. something electric to that. Um, I do have a complaint, though. And Ted, this is basically pointed right at you. And, and I'm also going to kind of what else is new? Pitch, I'm going to pitch you something. <laughs> I'm going to pitch you something at the end of this. Okay. So this DJ at this wedding, I kid you not, the first 10 songs were from 1985 and older like yeah there was a couple good like wedding songs in there you know ymca shout you know a couple good wedding songs but there's just some weird ones this guy was throwing out you know material girl uh flipping <laughs> girls just want to have fun like it was like it was literally like we went to ted's prom back in 1973 when did you 74 74 <laughs> 74 and they were just in this it was like we were transported back in time in this dj's mind and here's my complaint man so i i went up there and told him to play like it wasn't like i was going up to request some you know ludicrous song that only i like in the club 50 cent the number one wedding song maybe ever made like it's just a great dancing song get the people going i requested it an hour rolls by still hasn't played i'm like kind of making this big deal like i'm gonna make my big appearance on the dance floor when this song finally plays <laughs> hour rolls by hour and a half rolls by we're still in we're in 1989 now we've moved it up a little bit <laughs> uh finally it freaking swings around i go up there again and and request it again oh yeah, yeah i got it got it got it got it. okay okay go back down okay this song's about to happen man another 30 minutes rolls by 1993 now in this dj's mind finally i sent it like my girlfriend and her friend like maybe this guy just likes girls man have a girl go request a, a song like i said in the club that is not a like that that should already have been on the the playlist like i shouldn't even have to request that finally they go up there finally it gets finally gets played man as soon as it gets played all right no more requests uh there's no more requests this wedding what yeah 
okay, dude, thanks. You did your job. There's maybe 10 people on this whole damn dance floor dancing. Everybody else left and went outside because what you're playing is not working. So mm-hmm. how I finished this, I finished this by saying, Ted, yes, you're retired. Mm-hmm. You talk about it. get a little disco ball, get a nice <laughs> little iPod shuffle playlist that I could even curate for you. He's already got what? his iPod. You already got the voice. You got the people skills, man. Why do you not? Go yeah. make some freaking serious coin and start DJing some weddings. There's listen, if this guy could do it this past weekend playing 1980s and and lower, I think you could do it with a flipping brain on your shoulders, man. Wow, appreciate that. Great. First question, we can get back to Ted DJ Ted because I, I think I think you could pull it off, especially with your knowledge of music overall and everything. <laughs> uh, you you would just turn on Sirius XM Classic Rewind and and let it roll. There you go. But uh no, so first question. You went with all your friends. How old was the bride and groom? Uh, they were yeah, uh, twenty six. Like your age? Twenty six. Twenty six. So I'd be curious because I remember when I when we got married, the DJ asked us, you know, either give us give me a full list of songs you want played, or at least a genre, yeah. an era, right. you know. So for us, we said like nineties and early two thousands hip hop and R and B, and then we gave them, you know, maybe like twenty songs that we wanted to hear. But then we did specifically say, like, go ahead and take requests. Like, if one of my friends comes up and has a song yeah, he wants to hear, you know, play it. So I'd be curious if the couple really wanted to hear 80s. No, 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 no. They, they were told. That's really, that's crazy. This guy was was sold as request-driven DJ, you know, with his main tracks or whatever. Like I said, have you ever heard that? No more requests. It's, it's like that's like something no. that would be said at like no. Roll Haven or something back when <laughs> kids would request fifty songs in a row or something. Right. A few songs requested, and, and the guy's shutting it down after a couple after an hour and a half. Like so, so then we're just at hit this guy's mercy. And I'm sorry if you're if you're sixty years old, like you just do not have a grip on what should be played at a wedding nowadays. It, there's just no way for you to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well I do. That's the thing too, Ted. You you know this. You've been to plenty of weddings, and Jared, you're you're figuring yeah. it out. Wedding music, it, there is a little bit of an art to it in a sense because the music that you jam out to in your car, or if you're working and you have a playlist or workout music or you know whatever, isn't necessarily the same stuff that's going to keep a dance floor full at a wedding. You know, like some of these songs you might be like this is the best song ever I, I love it so much when i'm driving and stuff but then you play it at a wedding and it's like you can't really dance to it like this isn't like what do you do so i mean i, I think there is like an art to figuring out oh, what's yeah. the music that keeps people on the dance floor and that's that's the first sign if you look out at the dance floor and there's the four three-year-old kids out there just spinning around <laughs> and those are the only kids dancing uh you're, you're not doing your job so right. yeah that's well, got to be disappointing that that's one thing i don't want to steal the thunder here but my wedding was like pretty pretty killer like people still talk about it like that was one of the best receptions super wedding yeah people people were like that's one of the best receptions i've ever been to credit to uh, the dj was incredible so i mean that's part of it he was just amazing he played the music we wanted he he could see the music that me and my friends and our our party wanted exactly wanted to hear took requests and he killed it so yeah, that's disappointing. I'd be curious. The couple's probably like a little disappointed in that. Yeah. I'll just close out the part that Jared set up at the beginning. It, it would be fun DJ to Ted. do. DJ Ted, but uh, no way. There's not money in it nowadays, man. There's too many DJs out there, number one. Uh, number two, you got you got a lot of responsibility and a lot of stuff to take care of. But I think to go along, to go along with the music, 
you gotta have personality, man. A good, right. successful DJ is gonna have personality, know how to get the people out on the on the floor. Yeah, this guy never a... you never heard his voice. You yeah, never heard terrible. his voice. You never and I get it, like they, they didn't have like you know the games or anything, but like I said, yeah, get out of the dance floor for this one, you know, right. and play, and then that's when you hit, you know, low or or John, like uh, yeah, like just like and I'm and I don't want to totally act like I don't like the oldies that get played at weddings, you know, they have their time and place, but you can't you got to mix in like that's one every five songs you let one of those rip. You right. if you start the night with a whole hour of that type of music, you know, YMCA shout material girl uh I can't, it's like it just it's cracking me up thinking of what this track list was <laughs> you already lost it, uh, the whole the whole audience man they're already out you got to strike right when the iron's hot at a wedding if that dance floor is not popping right at the first jump it, it's not going to get popping two hours into the night it, right. you have to you have to start strong and he i think he just blatantly missed that depends well, one, a lot one on thing. the time too the time you know is it right after dinner what time ballpark did he start playing and the dancing started so it was at, yeah after reception then we had like an hour break till dinner then dinner then this uh then like the, the you know first dance yeah 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 yes, yeah all that. so it was like no i mean good hour after dinner probably 30 okay. 45 yeah. 45 minutes an hour after dinner that's what i mean you got to find the mix because at that point no offense ted but the yep. old people are still there. So you, you got to mix in some of the old music and the kids are still there. So you got to do the chicken dance. You got to do the Macarena. You got to do that <laughs> stuff. But also with a group, you know, your age, Jared, right. You got to mix in a couple for you guys to keep you guys engaged. And then, you know, come 1030, 11 o'clock, once the kids are gone, the old people are gone. Okay. Then you ramp it up and it turns into a club, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, the, the DJ business nowadays, unless you're just you're like the go to guy for a town or, you know, an area. Yeah, I can't imagine there's that, a ton of money in it. That's like the well, I mean, hey, I think it's at least like you basically have 500 bucks at least for look at this guy went in Probably. disco ball and a like never said a word, had a playlist on his iPod. Which he clearly didn't differ. He didn't. He didn't uh, change off of it when he couldn't see that the vibe was not happening. And I don't want to, you know. I guess I, it's probably too late for this, but I don't want to railroad this guy entirely. But I just, I was amazed. I've never had a bad experience with a DJ band. Anything. It's always, you know, usually top class, but not, not the best. Not the best. Right. Yeah. Well, still a good time for you though. You oh, yeah. closed it out at KP, and it sounds like a good time. Now, Matt, I mean. Is, this has been a Fatel uh, open. I mean, you must have done something in the last uh, week or so, huh? Working, and I think I mentioned it last last podcast. We recently moved, so we're still getting all unpacked and settled and stuff like that. Still got just like boxes in random places, and you know, getting to that that stalemate of like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of over this, you know. So right, what was also- the what was the main driver behind this move? Was it a bigger place? Was it getting out of the city? What was it? No, we, we only moved a couple miles away from where we were. So we're still in the city, but just more space, you know, with the, with the addition that we just had, we needed, needed more space and uh, yeah, that, that's basically it. So it was, it was necessary, but man, moving, moving is no fun, man. No, it's not fun. Well, I'll tell you though, just again, looking at the news lately, you know, you guys both are going to be looking down the road to hopefully get your own house someday. And I mean, just seeing the interest rates have jumped from 3% to 6%. I mean, you, you must be seeing that in the side of your eyes there, Matt, going, what the hell's going on? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you know, hindsight, you know, we 
we're like, man, maybe we should have just jumped in. We we've been down mm-hmm. in Charlotte now a little over six years. We sometimes we're like, maybe we should have six years ago just bought a house if we would have known it was going to be like this. But right, people. I mean, I'm sure it's similar in other places, but people are paying hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars over asking price, yeah. cash, cash offers, and you know, houses are sitting on the market for a day or two, and it's just stuff that's like what are you doing? Like yeah. you're, if, if the market crashes, you're going to be in the red, like 200 grand or something like it's just crazy. Yeah. It's going to slow down just because of the jump, you know, and who knows what's going to happen. Hopefully we don't have the R word ahead of us, but yeah. I think we need to get, we need to get more good vibes and karma and talk a little sport. Yeah, we do. You guys I, think- can I, agree? I got, I got one for you before we move on to sports. Sure. So, sure. I mean, you have this newborn. How's Wesley doing? What's maybe the best thing you're dealing with with him right now? And what's the worst part of this newborn so far? Shitty diapers. Yeah, the, the diapers. I mean, you know, you just, <laughs> you, you got to do it. It's just yep. one of those things you got to do. The sleep. I mean, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, we, my daughter was, you know, getting to the point where she was five, six years old. So she was just sleeping all night. So we were sleeping all night and then all of a sudden, boom, newborn. And it's like, oh yeah, you can't really do that anymore. You got to wake up. I get home from work sometimes 12, one, two o'clock in the morning. He wakes up an hour or two later to eat. And then I've got to get up a few hours after that to get him ready in the morning for school and stuff like that. So the sleep part, I would say it's all temporary though. That's the thing. It's not going to last forever. The best part is, I mean, that's easy. It's seeing him and him and Claire, him and my Mm. daughter interact. I mean, they're just, he just watches her. He just like stares at her and smiles immediately when she walks into the room. So see, seeing them to be like already best friends is definitely, definitely cool. Yeah. I stay up to date on your Facebook postings. He is one uh, cute little kid, man. Cool guy. Be real happy with that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we will get some sports talk here and you know, I'll be interested to get your guys take on what in the heck is going on in golf. And we'll talk about that coming up right after this. Memorial Healthcare has served the community for over a century and is committed to being your healthcare partner. The main campus is located in Owasso at 826 West King Street with additional locations in seven counties throughout mid-Michigan. Services at Memorial Healthcare are provided by people who truly care about their patients, who take pride in making a difference in the life and health of the patients they serve through all phases of life. With a medical staff of over 200 and nearly 1,500 employees, Memorial Healthcare is proudly recognized as the largest employer in Shiawassee County. Whether it's life-saving emergency room care, bringing a baby into the world, or an annual physical, see what Memorial Healthcare has to offer at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. 
The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem, as The Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. All right, guys. I mean, you know, we've seen this before in other sports, you know. I mean, the AFL against the NFL, the ABA and the NBA, but now it has come to golf. And, man, uh, the LIV, backed by the Saudis, has come out in a big way when it comes to uh, the money. And I don't know I don't know how it's going to end up, but it looks like it is definitely <laughs> going to be a civil war. It's a joke, man. I mean, Phil Mickelson – over the course, he went from one of my favorite golfers to literally one of my least favorite people, maybe on this planet, man. And and here's a, here's my problem with it, and it's LIV. Like this this league is not going to work in terms of like put you know it's not advancing golf. They try to act like this is the new evolution of golf, and you know it is kind of like interesting that they do this. You know the shotgun start. Maybe the PGA Tour should adopt that for like a John Deere Classic or something like that, just to switch it up every once in a while. Um, but this league is 100 money driven. And the players are embarrassed to admit that. And, you know, if they just came out and said, like, hey, I'm just doing this because they're paying me more money than I could possibly deny. I mean, listen, if I was like, especially if I was like a young and up and coming player, if they're paying me, you know, three times as much as I'm going to make probably over the course of the next three years just to join this league. I mean, why would you not do it? So I don't necessarily blame the players. It does seem a little bit selfish. And I do it's not so much that I get mad at the players that left. Like I love DeChambeau. He does, that doesn't really change my opinion. I just applaud the guys that stayed because they turned down the money. I mean, Tiger Woods is rumored that they were going to pay him 750 million to join this league. Before and, even playing a tournament. Yeah. yeah. And it, so I guess that that makes me just makes it made me a bigger fan of Jordan Spieth, maybe a bigger fan of Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, the guys who are really outspoken against this because, Hey, they must have some pretty damn good morals. If it doesn't take any amount of money to really sway them to join. Uh, and what's sad about this LIV league is it, they're not even trying to act like they're some legit league, man. Basically it's from what I've heard is that, and I don't know how true this is, but, but the rumor I've heard is that this is basically Saudi's, Saudi Arabia's way to kind of reach back out to the rest of the world, kind of show like, oh, you know, we're not just that money, uh, like really elite, elite, elite of the people like that are super rich type of, you know, country. Like, you know, we're a good country and you look at all these players from America and all over the world that are coming to play here in Saudi Arabia. Like, I think it's more that driven than it is like, hey, let's make a great golf league. And that's my biggest problem with it is it's just it looks like it was slapped together. It looks like some, some some softball league that Ted and his buddies slapped together over a over a thing of beers on a Sunday night. Like it's just, I, that's my only problem with it. It just there's no real substance to it. You brought up the like AFL and USFL and all these other football leagues that have tried to compete with um, the NFL and have all failed. XFL, you know, all of these leagues have failed. The one thing that to me is one reason why a lot of those leagues have failed. Well, one NFL is just king. But also, like, there was never any stars in those leagues. 
when you would think about, do I want to watch these games? You're like, I don't know any of these players because all of the good players are in the NFL. I think that's one way that the LIV could actually have some staying power because they are getting some big names to go to the league. And if that continues, people want to watch. I mean, Jared, you just kind of mentioned it. People want to watch DeChambeau and, you know, even Phil as whatever he's gone through the last year or whatever, people want to watch Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, you know, some of these guys, if, if some more stars go to that league, I think maybe it could sit around the money thing's never going to be an issue because we know how deep the pockets are of the people who are running the league. And that's where I don't know enough about it. I've watched some videos and, you know, some, from some people who work for like golf channel, golf digest and some other stuff, read some articles and stuff like that. One of my good buddies, uh, John Strine, he's a Corona alum. He is huge into golf. He, he does some work for golf digest or golf weekly or something, uh, rating courses. He plays all over the country. Um, just plays a ton of golf. He is very, very against the LIV. And um, so I, I've been asking him some questions too. The big thing with it is the moral part. Where is this money coming from? And the, the people who are running, I, I get what you're saying, Jared. If you're if you're kind of like struggling a little bit, maybe like DeShambo has, hasn't really won as many tournaments as people thought. And they're like, boom, here's 200 mil. How can you turn that down? How like, you know what I mean? Like here's 200 mil. Phil Mickelson is all this gambling debt. And they're like, we're yeah. going to pay you $400 million or whatever he got. How are you going to turn that down? It's the moral part of it that it's like, where is this money coming from? Because that that's exactly what the Saudis are trying to do. Sports washing. They're trying to use sports. They're trying to use golf as a way, like you said, to, to show the rest of the world, look at us. We're not the ones who execute journalists and we're not the one who do this right. kind of stuff. We're actually good people. We want to grow the game of golf. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like you guys are, you're, you're getting dirty money. It's, it's like oh, you're yeah. getting money from drug blood deals money is basically what you're doing. Yeah. Blood yeah. Money. It's yeah. like, I mean, how many people forget already? You know, I think, I think the majority of the attackers on nine 11 were Saudis for God's sakes, you know? Yeah. And, and, and Jared, your point is very well taken. Everybody that's on this tour, how can they not just say I'm playing for the money? Schwartzel, what do you got? Four point seven five million for winning that stupid fifty-four it's, hole tournament? Yeah, come on. It's yeah. well, and that's like if you're yeah, and Phil Mickelson, you know, you're you're maybe gonna win one tournament the rest of your life at the PGA. Right. Go take the two hundred mil. Get the hell out of here. Uh, it, it's just it's it's sad for the PGA Tour because I really do think they do a good job, and it just seems like this league does not care about making money. It's like they're the Joker, you know. Money does not drive them. It's it does not matter to them. It's all about image. And how do you compete with that? If you're the PGA Tour, you know, NFL is huge. Imagine if the NFL just like had a competitor like this that had an empty pocketbook. The NFL probably all the guys would leave probably. Uh, So yeah, like think about think about like a a Baker Mayfield. If another league was like, hey, we're going to give what what the Browns just paid Deshaun Watson. Come play in our league, Baker, yeah. and we'll we'll give you that contract. He would go over there probably oh, in a yeah. heartbeat. Yeah. It, well, here's the of- old man perspective. I'll just, you know, Matt, you brought up some of the failed leagues like the USFL and all these others, World Football League. But, you know, I remember the AFL. It was the AFL. They signed Joe Namath to a mega contract. It was a huge contract at the time, $400,000. All of a sudden, these players coming out of college – we're considering the AFL. And the other thing that's very similar to the Saudi situation with the, the deep pockets, you know, they can throw all kinds of money around. 
the owners in the AFL, they were big rollers, man. They had the dough, and that's why they forced the NFL to merge. You know, a lot of people forget that. There were two leagues, and they merged together, and uh, that's where the NFL is now as strong yeah. as it is. It, it's just – it's 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 terrible, man. It's not good for golf. It, right. it's, yeah, it's a fun little topic to talk about for a, a few weeks, but it, give this six months. Like, wow, the PGA Tour just lost half their star power. The LIV, yeah, it's fun to watch it kind of as, as a gag, but these tournaments mean nothing. I didn't even know who won it. Uh, I, who even cares? Uh, it's kind of an interesting little, like, like litmus, lit, litany, litmus litmus test, test. Yeah. Of like, you know, how, like, it's just like, it's just a funny little thing of like people's morals or where they stand. Like, what, right. what do they think is wrong? What do they think is right? And it's like basically what, like a third of the tour kind of, or maybe not a third, but probably 25% of the tour left. Like, hey, if, if this money was thrown on the table, you know, say there's an illegal podcast, probably one of us is probably jumping ship. That is basically <laughs> what those numbers are telling us. I never so, will, so that must be mad. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I guess it, maybe it's me that's running, but <laughs> yeah, I, it so it's, it's just kind of like, and like I said, I, I don't fault the guys for leaving. It, it's, it's, it's a no brainer really in a way, but it just, like I said, at the very start, it just makes you appreciate the guys that did stay. Uh, and PJ Tour, uh, it almost speaks. Do you think that there'd be these allegiance in the NFL? I don't think there would be. If let's say this exact same thing happened in the NFL, I think they're all leaving. NBA, maybe a little bit more so. MLB, they have no allegiance, they almost didn't even play this season. So, I guess that's almost like a positive. The PGA Tour is like, man, you guys for the most part stayed pretty well intact, right. Yeah, NFL probably not just because of their their contracts aren't guaranteed. So like I said, if if another league was offering someone $200 million guaranteed to come play, bye they bye. would probably take that immediately, you know? So I, I'll be curious to see the, the big thing they did get, you know, they have a streaming deal with YouTube. That's always a big thing, like where people wonder, where can I even watch this thing? So mm-hmm. they, they have a streaming deal. I'll be curious to see like if they ever land on a major network. If CBS or ESPN or NBC ever hops on, that's where maybe they could, you know, get a little more staying power. I don't know if any of the major networks are going to jump in on that anytime soon, just because of all the dirty stuff that's going on. They might kind of be like, we'll show highlights and we'll we'll talk about it, but uh, we're not going to broadcast, you know, these, these tournaments right now. So, but if some of these up and comers, if some of the, you know, like DeChambeau is one of them and Dustin Johnson, he has kind of fallen off a little bit, you know, but if some of these up and coming rising stars in the PGA jump over there, you know, they could, but I mean, DeChambeau, that's a huge loss. I'm probably number two on the, on the PGA roster. Everybody knows who that guy is. You either love him or you hate him. I mean, that's a big blow. I I think all the, if, 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 if everyone else left, but him, that no one even gives a shit at all about this. I mean, Dustin Johnson, yeah, pretty big yeah. deal, but but Bryson, I feel like, is the one guy who really had like some sway when he left. It's like, whoa, this is actually kind of a big deal. Yeah, well, you two guys are probably more expert on this than me, and I just want your opinion. What do you think is going to happen? What is your prediction down the road? PGA outlast them. You think they're going to the LIV is going to force their I, hand, and you're going to get a bunch of people going? What? How do you think it's all going? to I heard turn an out? interesting comparison on. Uh, I don't remember what the podcast was to. That this league is almost like what the Athletic did with newspapers and journalists. Basically, you know, we're going to pay you way more than a newspaper can pay you. We're going to poach you. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to come. We're going to pay up, paying unbelievable salaries. People, how the hell are they even making money off of this thing? And now they're kind of struggling. 
I just don't why. know. It, it's like, unless this money is truly unlimited, which maybe it isn't. I don't know how Saudi Arabia works, man. Maybe this money really is unlimited. You see how much gas and, is right now? You know, they'll cast it as like a success. And I, I guess it is. If But it's just, I don't know how it could literally actually make money. That's what I like with the YouTube streaming service. That, that ain't right. going to do it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to start having tournaments in the U.S. So that would help, you know, if they get spectators and, and stuff like that. And if sponsors sponsors if you know yeah some of these but same thing like what sponsors is coca-cola right. is pepsi gonna want to jump on with this this league you know run by the saudis you know i don't i don't know about that so i guess as far as a prediction i think it's gonna stick around for a little while because of the amount of money they have they're gonna keep doing it they they signed phil they signed some of these other guys for however many years is in their contract so it'll stick around i think the big thing will be will will players like a bryson DeChambeau, if all of a sudden he can't play in the Masters, if he can't play in the Open Championship, if he can't play in the PGA Championship, the Ryder Cup, the Ryder Cup's a big deal. Um, you know, that's that's where some players might start to be like, hey, you know what? I, I want to play in the Ryder Cup, and I, so I'm going to stay in the PGA. That's where I think it might fall off. If it's a bunch of schmoes like us three playing in the LIV, then, yeah, no one's going to watch that garbage. Well, so they can play. Currently, they can play the British, the the U.S., and the Masters, right? They can't play in the PGA Championship, right? right. Maybe it wouldn't right have any up. weight behind it. But w- what if the PGA Tour just said, "You know what? We're going to make another major. It's going to be at you know the Players Championship or whatever, and you guys can't play in this." Right? Yeah. Maybe the the gravitas behind that it, it wouldn't be there. But if it was a couple years ago, people would definitely like loved it and jumped on board. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just another kind of twist of the knife to those LIV guys. Give them another major that they can't play in. Well, stay tuned. And, you know, as I've always said, and it's so true, you know, that greed is the root of all evil. We see it, it is, in man. politicians. We see it everywhere. Corporate uh, corporate leadership are all greedy. And this this is just a greed league, too. And let's see how it all shakes out. And maybe saner minds, you know, we'll get it together. We'll I, I just I, I'm stuck on this topic. You Do you guys fault? The players that left, could you, is there, if they, like, if you honestly had to say, are you bothered by the fact that they left or do you hundred percent see why I, I just, it's hard for me to get mad at them. It's just more of their response, you know, right. and clearly they're probably getting told by some PR guy, like, don't say that obviously right. that you're only coming here for money, but it's, it's just, it's just weird. I think, you know, both ways, I'm never going to fault someone for, expanding their pocketbook and, you know, looking, looking out for themselves and the best of their families. If they can go get another job that pays more and they think that it's going to make them happy, that's your life. It's not my life, you know, but like you've said before, Ted, you had opportunities to go elsewhere and maybe Mm -hmm. make a little more money or something like that in broadcasting, you know, when you were a little younger and stuff like that, but you loved, loved what you're doing, love, you know, Corona Wasso and you stuck around and you're happy. So I think a big thing, and you built like a legacy for yourself. That was one thing that Tiger Woods said. Obviously, Tiger doesn't need any money, but um, he talked about the legacy. I think that's something, again, that that might hurt the LIV. Some of these dudes, I keep bringing up Bryson, even Dustin Johnson, some of these other younger guys. Legacy in golf is a big deal. I mean, that's that's all you have in golf. What tournaments have you won? How many majors have you won? And if some of these guys run away, yeah, they're making $200 million, That's great. You're, you've got generational money now, five generations of your family all set. But if no one even knows who you are, you know, they might then it's like, are you even happy? You're playing right. in these tournaments that no one even knows about. Yeah, you can go play the U.S. Open and people are like, oh, yeah, I re- yeah, that guy. I remember him. But you're finishing T40 
you know, it's like, who really cares about it? So I don't know. So no, I, do I fault them? No, I mean, you do what you want. It's your life, but. I just want you to save that soundbite where you sort of compared me to Tiger Woods. I, I want to hear that again. <laughs> I mean, look at that backdrop in your man cave. Look at all those trophies back yeah. there. And the Glory days. And, and well, one thing that is also kind of funny about it is that all the guys that left were kind of villains. Sergio, Bryson, Patrick mm-hmm. Reed. That's kind of just funny. It's like it's like they they formed the you know uh, the there's the Avengers, then there's the uh, a Suicide Squad or something. I, it's just kind of a funny little comparison that it shook out that way. I will you know, say I you, you brought up the athletic, and we I've seen multiple times. There's been when NBC Sports started in Stamford, Connecticut, um, when FS1, when Fox Sports One started, you know, out in LA. I was at ESPN, and they exactly what you said, Jared. They were promising. All these people working in TV, we're going to pay you more than ESPN. Um, come, come live in Stanford, Connecticut, come and live out in LA. And, Stanford. you know, you're not going to be working those ESPN hours. We're going to pay you a little more. Stole a ton of ESPN people. Grass isn't always greener because uh, a lot of times a year or two later, those people were begging for a job back at ESPN because, you know, maybe certain things weren't, weren't the same, maybe the support for management or, you know, other things, the job wasn't as secure. So, you know, yeah, that, that paycheck 200 mil, that's, that's, you know, hard to turn down from those Saudis, but you know, once you start playing in it, it, it might not be the same. The PGA is pretty cushy. The PGA, PGA tour is yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. You know, just the, the final thought for me on, on do I blame the players? You know, these fringe players, not at all. I mean, and like you said, if they're supporting their family and they're trying to better themselves, yes. But what in the hell? Phil Mickelson doesn't have to worry about the money other than the fact that he's probably far more in gambling debt than, than we even realize. You know, right. some of the stories I've heard, it's just astronomical. He's maybe should be going to Gamblers Anonymous from what I'm hearing. Who knows? Maybe maybe he's uh, in debt with some of the Saudis. Maybe he could, had to go play be. there. Maybe, you know. We're spreading that rumor here on Three Point Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's let's uh, move away from golf um, and the NBA playoffs, fellas. I mean, there's been some good games. We got the uh, Warriors on top, three to two. Big game six tomorrow night at Beantown. Uh, Celtics got to show up, or it's going to end in six, like my prediction. I think I'm going to stick with it. Stefan is uh, you know, he's playing lights out basketball, and that team is really good. And the other thing. I'm just ignorant. You know, I'm an old guy, should know more about sports, but I forgot Wiggins was the number one draft choice. And the way the Warriors got him and the way he's playing right now, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, he he was a perfect addition to that team, especially with with Clay's injury, you know, issues and kind of unsure how he was going to be when he came back. But they're just so deep. Like even in game five when Steph Curry didn't have his best shooting night. Clay had a good game. Wiggins had a great game. Draymond actually had a great offensive game. Poole, Poole is always scoring, you know, like a 12 to 14 points, you know, something like that. So they're just tough to guard. Boston's the number one defense in the league, and they can't even stop them. So it's impressive what they're doing. But Boston, I mean, they're right there. Winning in Boston, I mean, you you watched a lot of those series in the 80s, Ted, in oh, yeah. the 90s, you know, whatever. Winning in Boston is hard. So it is. Um, and, and then you always know that the cliche, you never know what's going to happen in a game seven. So I know the Warriors want to end it. They don't want to go back, you know, play a game seven. So I have to think Steph Curry is not going to have another shooting night like he did in game five, but 
I'm, I'm pretty excited. We're recording. This is Wednesday night. Game six is Thursday. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to watch that game. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this. Would you rather, if you're the Warriors, do you, and we hear all the time about this Boston crowd, Clay Thompson said it, uh, you know, I think Steph Draymond had bitched about it this series. Would you rather win in Boston in game six or come back home, win game seven at home? I think you've got to pick it on the road, man. You got to win it in Boston. I mean, there's no guarantees, like Matt said. I mean, they took one game off in the last series, you know, and closed it out at home. But you, in the NBA Finals, you can't take that chance. And I I'm, think, as a competitor, in your face, Boston, right on your floor, right. we're taking it home. Yeah, it, it would be cool to shove it in Boston fans' faces, celebrate oh, yeah. on their floor. You know, that, that would be a good time. But it's been no. a great Finals. I mean, every yeah. game has been close. There's been Steph Curry's been amazing, like you said. Boston's actually been exciting to watch. So this is just it's a perfect one of like with no horse in the race, just sit back and watch it. Sit Amen. back and enjoy the games. Yeah, it's it's the Warriors. What a I mean, when you really talk about dynasties, how do you not put them up there with the best ever? I, I, let's see. Who do you you gotta put the Bulls one? Spurs. I mean, do you put them two, man? Uh, how do you not really put them two? The only reason they haven't won is because of injury. Those two years that they sucked, the whole roster was depleted. The one year they the Raptors won in the finals, they lost Clay and KD in the finals. They've had like three different regimes go through. I mean, Jordan had two. These guys had three. How, it's, how many it's championships? Incredible. How many championships would this group? This will be number four, right? Number four. Okay, yeah. Jordan had six himself with the Bulls. I mean, you got to if you're talking dynasties, obviously the Celtics in the uh, '60s with Bill Russell. I mean, that's all right. Ultimate. Well, you got to go back there, Jared. It's the NBA. You can't shortchange what they did back then, man. It was a dynasty. The heck, it was a dynasty in the '80s with the Lakers and Celtics in that era. I'll tell you what. A few breaks. The bad boys Pistons was a dynasty. They had a hell of a run. Yeah. Yeah. People forget about that because of the couple times they lost to the Celtics or whatever. And right. You know, they probably could have won another championship or maybe two, or two really, if I they think. would have got a couple more luck. The, the Spurs, the Spurs with Duncan Ginobili and Parker, they definitely, they're probably not up there with the Warriors, but they're right. one of the best up there, you know, with Popovich. This Warriors team, you know what? It almost the Pistons almost could have had us uh, if they would have ended up hitting that Carmelo Anthony pick. Hmm, it could have almost been the same little blend of you know old school, yeah. new school, and I think we could have saw like obviously not to this extent, but that could have been just a fun little, very similar to what we're looking at now, where it's just the fun blend, man. And Wiggins, he's stolen the show this whole playoffs. It's yeah, it's it just goes to show who have we been wrong about before you know that just that just had to deal with incompetent coaches not the best fit they are using him in an entirely the wrong way i mean this guy's showing out in the nba finals i don't care who his teammates are he's playing lights out defense he's rebounding his ass off he's making hustle plays all over the court electrifying the crowd with dunks two huge offensive rebounds a couple games ago near the end i, I mean it, it's just who else is out there that we never had this realization with it, it makes you think yeah, yeah. It, we we write people off, especially in the NBA, way too early. You know, guys come into the league after a year or two in college. They're 20 years old, 21, when they come in to play professional basketball. And if they're not Kevin Durant by year two or three, it's like, this guy sucks. And, you know, that, that kind of happened with Wiggins. It's always so much about fit. I mean, yeah. you think about if you're a number one pick, you're probably going to a team that is awful. That's why they're the number one pick. 
And so, yeah, your team's probably going to suck. It's kind of like Cade Cunningham going to the Pistons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, don't write this guy off, you know, just yet. This team is terrible. You know, he yeah. had a good season. Let's let them build a team around him. You know, I don't know if Casey is the guy at coach or, you know, or what, but, you know, give this guy some years. He's only like 21 years old. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before we move on to a little entertainment news, I, I got to throw this out there, guys. We didn't talk about it preliminarily, but I don't know if you've been following this at all. It's kind of more local, but uh, <laughs> Lansing Lugnuts broadcaster, okay, Jesse Goldberg Strassler. I don't know how it works out, but he got a call up. He's, he, you know, Lansing is a high class A and it's, it's a, at the Oakland A's affiliate. He got called up to go work three games on the radio as the play-by-play guy for the Oakland A's at Fenway Park. Last night was his first game. He's got tonight and tomorrow. Can you imagine that? And in fact, I've, I reached out to him. I'm going to try and get him on this podcast to just talk about that experience. But, you know, he's been in the business now about uh, 12, 13 years with the Lugnuts. Really a good guy. I call him a kid. You know, I've I've got to know him a little bit. And it just just to think about the all time, even if he never makes another game, he made it to the show. Three games as a as a baseball radio broadcaster. How cool is that? It's pretty cool, especially um, to have the first one be at Fenway Park. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. It's not a bad deal. Better than having to fly out to Oakland and call some. I mean, that would yeah. still be amazing. That would still be amazing. But no, it, it's it's the pinnacle. I mean, if you're if you're in that game, if yep. you if you play baseball and you get the call up to play in the big leagues for one series, right? You made it. And now he can say the same thing, even if he, like you said, broadcasts the rest of his career for the Lugnuts. Right. He got to call a series in the major leagues. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's an awesome experience. And I, I think the capper was not only is the, the the big leagues, but Fenway Park. I mean, oh, yeah. you just can't beat that. It's amazing. Probably a great payday, too, if I had to guess. You know, I'm, I'm compared to what you'd normally make with a, with a minor league team, man. What a pay jump. Probably <laughs> probably paid for his whole month's salary in those few few days of working. It, it's, yeah. it's incredible. What a story. Yeah. I remember last year we had uh, Dan Hasty of the uh, West Michigan Whitecaps got the call up to fill in mm-hmm. for Dan Dickerson for a game, played catch on the field afterward. It It's awesome. I mean, this is our, as our sports media people, that's our version of like, you know, getting called up to the show. So yeah. it's just, you always want to shout out those guys and it's awesome. The Lug Nuts, 100%. man. Great stadium. Great story. And he's a great guy too. And I, I actually had a chance to listen to some of it last night. He uh, didn't sound nervous and had it just sounded really good. So congratulations to Jesse there. All right. We'll be back in a minute after a few more messages and a little tedertainment, including a Top Gun Maverick review. We'll be right back after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 
989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, should I jump right in, guys? And Because today was the day. It was, you know, 95 degrees here. When I left the theater, I posted on Twitter, my act, my thermometer in the car said 108 degrees. Of course, that's in the sun there at, at the NCG. But uh, Top Gun, you think I liked it, Jared? <laughs> we talked pre-show. I don't even need the review, man. I know you loved it. It's the perfect mix of old school nostalgia with new school graphics. And I, from what I've heard, they didn't do any green screen on this entire movie. It's all basically real shots. And really? that was one thing I actually recently re-watched for the first time, Top Gun. That's one thing I noticed from that, man. There's just something so cool about these fighter jets really flying around and the art of dogfighting. Uh, and it just it pre- seems like an incredible movie, and I know you loved it. I'm surprised you didn't show up today with just the stash, man. They're in style now. <laughs> they are, right. Uh, well, I will say, I'll break it down quickly for this. Um, number one, Tom Cruise is a true movie star. I mean, he, he has the goods, you know. Throw out his uh, Scientology stuff that he's got going on there. The guy is a movie star. Put together a great movie. I will say this. They did intertwine. They intertwined the story from the original to this one, a bit corny at times. But I will say this: the final twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes of the the finale, well worth the bag of popcorn. This is a this is a solid two point nine five on the three point scale. Just a great movie. Only reason it's knocked out a little bit, like I said, a little corny in spots. Maybe the script was a little bit weak in a couple areas. And one thing does bother me a little bit about Tom. He is a megastar, but when he does that Cheshire cat grin all the time, that's kind of his move, you know irritates me a little bit but other than that <laughs> that's just, that's like everything he does man i know uh, other than like maybe war of the worlds is the only movie he didn't really flash that in to. <laughs> no that, that's flip. all i've heard i don't i don't think i've heard anyone say that it's a bad movie a lot of people have even said they like it better than the original and I think the I original did. to me is almost i mean for an action movie like that almost like a flawless action movie just from start yeah. to finish top gun is just like so cool you've got you got some romance, you know, you got a little drama, you got some sad parts. And then the action, like you said, Jared, the fighter jets and stuff oh. is just so cool. You talk about an adrenaline rush of a movie, it's Top Gun. And so, yeah, if, if the new one is right there on par, um, I, I got to see it at some point. Not really a spoiler alert, but it gets you right in the mood at the very beginning because they kick it off with Danger Zone. Man. Yeah, you knew that was coming. I knew that. <laughs> I knew what you were about to. How you were going to finish that sentence right when you started it. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't what gun, is even the? You, you couldn't like, have the Top Gun. Oh reboot, no! I guess without that song. No. What is the kind of? What's the general plot? Like Miles Teller is Goose's son, and yeah. he's he's coming to get trained, and he's basically what Maverick was. Yeah, when Ma- Maverick, the... Maverick is the uh, he's the trainer of the dozen, you know, fighter pilots going to go on this very dangerous mission. And uh, there's a little bit of uh, bad blood between the two. Not only did uh, Goose die, obviously, in the original, but uh, Tom spoiler Cruise... alert, man, come on. <laughs> but uh, the relationship between the two of them, uh, just what you might expect. And at the end, uh, like I said, the final 25 minutes, just killer uh, special effects, or if it was special effects, but the, the flying of the jets were just incredible. 
It was a great movie. It's a, it's like we like to say, guys, summer blockbuster, because that's what it was. That's incredible. Now, it, now, I'm not so it, sure on Jurassic World. I'm going to well, probably see that, but I've heard some mixed reviews on that one. And if yeah. you watch the previous Jurassic, I don't even remember what the hell that one was called. I don't. This new one's Dominion, I think. Mm-hmm. The last one was New World or something. World Dominion. Yeah. If you remember Jurassic, the very first one, Jurassic World, it was awesome because basically what they did, they took the idea of Jurassic Park and they actually like flush out the idea. Like there actually is a park now. People are coming to it. Uh, people are loving it, and the visuals of that movie were incredible. Even that plot wasn't that great, but because the visuals were so awesome and the idea that this park actually happened. It worked, but then in the second one, they got into this whole like cloning and re- like basically alien dinosaurs. It almost wasn't even like a dinosaur movie. They're in this one little small room. It's not nearly as big scale as the first one was. I don't know what route they went in this third one, but you could see the train t- entirely falling off the tracks in the second one. And I hate to say it, let's reboot Jurassic World yet again because we know this idea is so awesome, yet nobody can quite pull it off right. Other than Steven Spielberg, the one movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to make a dinosaur movie and either make it realistic, like the original, the original Jurassic Park. You can actually watch it and be like, "This looks oh, like yeah. something that could actually yeah. happen." Like this yeah, the looks plot real. was great, right? It's amazing. I, Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies. It's either going to be that because it's incredible, like you said, Steven Spielberg and everything, and it's a great movie, or it's going to be like all these reboots that are just cheesy. Yeah, the original Jurassic World that that was actually pretty cool. You know, it was like it was like Jurassic Park turned into Disney World, and there's some cool effects and you know some action, and it was pretty good. I haven't seen the last couple just because of that. I'm like, man, this is so cheesy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that they brought back the original cast. You know, they tried to do something to be like, hey, let's let's get connected dots here. Um, the, I'm not going to see it. I'm going to be honest with you. Right. Just seeing how, how many so many people. One of our friends, uh, Jack Shield, blew by 90. He said Jurassic World Dominion may be the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, tell us how you really good. feel, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, an- another one real quick. Uh, Anthony, friend of the podcast. You can follow him at go yanks go 2442 he didn't say anything about the new jurassic park but he had jurassic world but he actually said he he wasn't essentially sold on the original jurassic park he thought it was a little cheesy basically is what he said so all right um, well i don't i don't agree with him i think that guy's review gets thrown out i mean he hates the original jurassic park you don't know movies man that movie is perfect (laughs) even to this day it's perfect uh so i'll disagree with him on that i guess what you're and i'm a huge jurassic park fan one of my yeah. favorite movies ever. And that's what kind of really just this trilogy. It really had the bones. Think of everything it had. They had the visuals. They had Chris Pratt as the lead guy, perfectly casted. He's a Velociraptor trainer. Mm-hmm. Great little you know job for him. And it's just from that point on, it went totally south. Yeah. And that's why I just wish they would have hit the reset button. I think they had they had the idea. They knew what they were trying to do, but then they just got lost along the way and lost the original vision. Uh, and, and that's where I think it went wrong. That's what I mean with the original, even though it's dinosaurs and they reinvented them basically out of, you know, DNA, a, right? a mosquito DNA or, you know, whatever, as kind of cheesy as that is, they sold it. You know, it seemed very realistic. That's what I mean. The Velociraptor trainer part, like that story is like, oh yeah, I, I can believe that. When you start throwing out all this other stuff that they're doing, like you said, the cloning and all these other things, that's where it's like, all right, 
this this is turning into like a cheesy sci-fi movie no thanks so knowing some of those reviews and knowing how high i hold jurassic park i have no interest no interest in seeing this one it is nice to be able to go back out to the theater though after the last yeah, yeah. couple of years man i tell you what it's uh, it was it was good to go i am looking for i mean i'll say this I maybe i want to go see top gun my my wife does too you start having kids the, mm. next, the last movie i saw at the theater was paw patrol yeah oh god <laughs> the next one my my daughter really wants to see sonic 2 oh boy great flick kid yeah. cuddy soundtrack yeah i was actually kind of like yeah let's go see it i kind of want to see that too so <laughs> Changes a little bit. Oh, it does. You guys really. I was going to bring up one the, one more summer movie. I was going to bring up. I know you guys are um, well aware of my fandom of Adam Sandler. I know we, we've talked about it before. I'm a big Adam, Adam Sandler fan. I don't care if he's just starting to pump out movie after movie after movie. I, I like what he does. I like his comedy. I like him as a person and everything. Um, I did the whole Hubie Halloween review. Thought that the movie was great. Even as, I liked it. Even as corny as it was. But his latest one that came out on, on Netflix, Hustle, is actually getting like incredible reviews. Like I saw some people say they're putting it up there like Happy Gilmore 1A, Hustle 1B. Like they're wow. saying this is uh, on top of Uncut Gems, which, you know, Sandler was up for an Oscar for that movie. Um, we, we haven't had the chance to watch it yet, but we're, we're going to. Um, you know, it's basically I, I'm not even sure on, on the story. I know it's a basketball movie. Um, I don't know if he's like a trainer or something. I think, he's but... a, I think it's like he's a scout and no. they have this stud from he's basically trying to pitch, you know, whatever his pro team is to sign this guy. I think gotcha. that, that's as far as I know. It looks like a really like heartfelt, you know, Sandler, say what you will about the guy. If you don't love all of his movies, man, he puts his heart into him you know, regardless. It, 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 and you can tell whether it's Hubie Halloween, he never half asses something. No. Uh, and, and I love this new sort of dramatic side of him. I think he's a damn good actor, not only comedy, but this drop, this drama type style with uncut yeah. gems. Now hustle. I, it's, and what's cool is that he takes his passions, which is basketball. Uh, and he puts it into his movies and he puts his friends in those movies yeah. and it's just Sandler. How do you not root for him? Yep. And not only that, he's a, he's a, he's a hooper man. He actually yeah. plays hoop. He knows basketball. And I've seen a couple clips from this movie and, uh, it looks like real basketball. In fact, real NBA players are in it. One of them. I don't know the guy's name. I think he's from the Utah jazz. I guess he had just, uh, he acted his ass off in this <laughs> thing. Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know he's who, in it. Is that who it was? I don't think I know he's in it. Um, but yeah, there, I think there's a few different ones. It wouldn't surprise me if it's jazz, if it's the Utah Jazz as well. But yeah, no, that's definitely and that's on Netflix. I think it's available to watch right now, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, it's available yeah. now. Yeah, people the, people are saying it's one of Sandler's best movies. Maybe not, maybe a little prisoner of the moment, but I yeah. think all those reviews are pretty legit. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching that one. Three point think, podcast review next week. You think you can oh, yeah. sneak it in there, Matt? I think yeah, this yeah, we'll be able to knock it out. All right, Full closure on Sandler. Remember when he signed this Netflix deal? People are, what the hell are they paying him this for? <laughs> I mean, dude, he's been delivering. Uncut Gems, this one, even Hubie Halloween. Like, he's constantly putting out stuff. So, Two with I, it seems like a good deal for Netflix. Yeah. Heck, yeah. We love Netflix. We need them for a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. This is going to be like the LIV. We're going to start getting Netflix as a sponsor. <laughs> Never know. All right. Anything else we need to get into? I think we've covered enough, boys, don't you? Yeah. All Any right. other shows? Summer, summer Entertainment. Any other shows you guys are getting into this summer? Uh, no, Stranger, I mean, Stranger Things just wrapped up. Just got Stranger Things. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, 
this show is going to be getting better and better. I can't believe how they've navigated, you know, the breaks in COVID, all the years, the kids getting older, the everything that's kind of surrounded this show, and they just keep putting out great season after great season it, to the point where it's like I'm counting down the days until this last little portion came out. Oh. They they kept the show the perfect length, four seasons. They've stuck. They know what worked, and they keep giving it to us every season with a new ring claw on top. And from what I basically heard, and if you watch this new season, these guys laid out this is uh, what they should have done with the newest Star Wars trilogy, and they didn't. These guys laid out exactly where they wanted to do, to go with this show from the very start. So it's like stuff that happens in season one, you realize like how that happened, you know, in this season four. It's kind of like they're going back and forth in a way where you realize picking up the pieces how this all happened, how this town is getting you know, basically cursed by you know, whatever this alien Demogorgon type thing is. Uh, so it's just really cool to see people that had a vision and they just totally nailed it. Uh, I think it's the Russo brothers. I want to say, uh, let me check that as uh, maybe uh, you guys. I was going to, I was going to jump in just say, I've seen the first two episodes. They're okay. I'm going to go back for episode three. Have you seen the whole thing, Jared? Yeah. It, and I will agree. It starts a little slow. Once yeah. the action picks up, it's, it's, damn good and it and it makes it leaves you at a perfect spot heading in the the second part of season four and not only that the chick that plays uh 11 man she has turned into a stone cold fox i mean i've seen That's her on like jimmy kimmel or jimmy uh, fallon it's <laughs> one of the creepier things we've heard well you know well, the reason i say that is there's a big thing where basically it's weird as soon as she turned 18 like right. big ordeal about it. it's kind of creepy and yeah, maybe that gets edited out just to give it. No, the, I was uh, gonna say I don't know anything about that stuff. I just saying she's a good looking. Yeah, maybe edit that one out. <laughs> it's just kind of like right. when when the 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 twins from Full House finally got eighteen, right. and all of a sudden everyone weird. Like, yeah, wild comment. Wild, a wild one. <laughs> all right, I guess I better bail out of here now. Uh, this has been a three po- the three point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the now Community Wellness Center and. Uh, Remember, they're looking to hire all kinds of people. So if you're looking for a career move, get a hold of the folks at Memorial Healthcare. Also, give us a follow at Three Point Pod. Spread the word. I mean, one of the movie reviewers there, Matt, actually tunes into us from California. I don't know if any of us know him, but uh, it's good to get listeners from all over the place. And make sure to let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the Wash of Owasso, and the ALS Association of Michigan. Until next time, so long, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.